Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. already this morning yeah um had an awesome experience last night um as post-traumatic winning gets out of his banks and uh very cool um i've known a woman by the name of susan uh, i met her years ago uh going uh, at a baseball game where my nephew, Joe, right, who I named my dog after. Yeah, my dog, Joe. My nephew, Joe. Anyway, uh, so I met Susan. She's a life coach. Uh, has become a life coach after she had a heart attack. Yeah. And she's, you know, in her mid-50s at the time so like not supposed to happen right so anyway she's she's taken that and she's become a life coach to help other people get through some of the stuff that she's been through so anyway she has a friend by the name of peggy peggy's a social worker so anyway uh susan saw post-traumatic winning peggy saw post-traumatic winning so they invited me to speak last night at uh at a group they have and it's people uh that are dealing dealing with alcohol, and uh, so I did like the first hour of post traumatic winning, and uh, just uh, a great experience, as it, it as it normally is, but uh, very cool as these things now get outside the banks of the military where this thing was born, and start to have a, a broader impact, and so. The excitement that you see in people's faces that see a path, that didn't see a path before, um, that as they begin to understand there's nothing wrong with them, that this stuff is hard. And, uh, um, you know, I, I don't, um, 
it's hard even to articulate you, between you, the look on their face, uh, you see them smile, and when they know that there's a path for them. And so, uh, so very cool stuff last night. Uh, and kind of watershed stuff, truly, uh, as, as I said, as post-traumatic winning gets out of its banks and, uh, and begins to, I, th- I think, uh, have a broader impact, uh, which it will certainly have. Um, so, uh, so did that last night. I was, I was up early yesterday. I was up at like 3, th- 3 in the morning because uh, I, I was excited about it. And then... Uh, Made sure all the technology worked. I was having Zoom issues. I think I talked about it. For whatever reason, I don't know. Windows did a lot, uh, an update on my laptop, and I can't connect to Zoom via their app. So, um, so the, um, but I can get on via, you know, their web application. So I do that. Uh, but anyway, solve that, and then uh, no, I just had a wonderful. Uh, wonderful visit that last night, and then got emails afterwards, uh, by people saying thank you so much. Um, so exciting for me to know this stuff, and so anyway, uh, is uh very very cool, uh, very very cool stuff last night, and uh, and then today I'll go down to Pendleton and do post traumatic winning, uh, for an element of the First Marine Division. I actually headed back to Camp Margarita, where I reported into when I was a lieutenant. That's right. Where my son John was baptized in the chapel there. So, um, yeah, McNamara family history. Um, so, head back there today, uh, this afternoon, and do post-traumatic winning. So, I'm excited about that. Um, one of the, the kind of turns that post-traumatic winning has taken is kind of calling attention to a phenomenon in the Marine Corps. And somebody was calling my iPhone. Huh. Um, let's see. The, um, yeah, phenomenon in the Marine Corps. And that is what I heard called um, what I heard called um, the barracks war. And uh, the Marine Corps, there was a Marine Corps order published years ago, and uh, it's called the PAC order. And the PAC order is, it's called PAC, it's called Prohibitive Activities and Conduct, right? Um, It deals with harassment, abuse, hazing, bullying, ostracism, retaliation, wrongful distribution or broadcasting of intimate images. So... um, One of the consequences of that is that the staff NCOs in the Marine Corps, who when I was lieutenant captain, I mean, they ran the Marine Corps. And that would be from the rank of E6 to E9, right? 
And but the the ones that have the most contact with Marines are E6 staff sergeants, E7s gunnies. So if if a company is about 150, the gunny is like the construction site foreman. Okay? The staff sergeant you know, owns a part of the construction site. The gunny is a site foreman. And then the first sergeant is the gunny supervisor. So that's how the Marine Corps is kind of organized where the rubber meets the road. These are the parents of our Marines on a daily basis. These are the grown-ups. Um, whether anybody cares to admit it, and most officers will not, but it doesn't matter what they admit, right? It only matters what's true. Okay, what, what, what's happened with the PAC order is, is our staff and CO community has said, I'm not going to get burned, you know, for leaning on Marines and then get, you know, NJP'd and have my career ended. So they have pulled back, right? And so when I was a, when I was lieutenant and captain, I mean, they virtually ran. I mean, literally, they ran everything, right? We did things like field day. Every Thursday night, you know, at the end of the workday, right, late in the afternoon, we'd start, and everything gets cleaned. Top to bottom, bank and clean. The grounds, if they needed work, that happened. And, I mean, the Marine Corps, the first thing you did, the first statement about you as a Marine was the way, you know, the way we are, the way we look, right, to include our buildings, to include our offices, all that shit got cleaned. To include their rooms where they lived. And you had our gunnies and our staff sergeants walking around up there. And they, you know, they looked. Not so much anymore. Yeah, they've got a right to their privacy. And into that isolation, so we stepped back out of there. And then, with the pack order, and this kind of, um, it's not worth my career, Right? If they've got problems, there's people that can help them, right? My job is just to direct them to those people. Beyond that, you know, I'll do what I can. That's not the way it used to be. Into that vacuum has stepped young Marines, known as senior Lance Corporals, and they're just a little bit senior than our most junior Marines. And they have, they have brought to life their... Lord of the Flies stuff, okay? And uh, so in, in they use terms like my boot, which means when you join my squad as a private or a PFC, when you're first there new, I'm a little bit, I've been there a little bit longer, right? You're one of my boots. In theory, I'm supposed to take care of you and train you. What happens when, the more senior guys upset, they do this shit where they get people up at three in the morning and they fuck with them. That is rampant in the Marine Corps. Rampant in the Marine Corps. So into this vacuum where the adults have stepped back, stepped back the Lord of the Flies idiots have stepped into. Their image of what a leader is is a drill, drill instructor. And I always say, you know, to you idiots who do this stuff, have you ever wondered why we don't have drill instructors any place but the recruit depots, our versions of Disneyland? Well, there's a reason for that. Because it's not a great leadership model. It's a fictitious character that we create in fantasy land where we take civilians and make them into very, very young Marines, embryonic Marines, right? 
we use those fictitious characters who, in my opinion, have to evolve, by the way. But anyway, because of this problem, and I'll, I'll explain that in a minute. So, <clears throat> but this is who they think a leader is. And so they do their version of being a drill instructor. And if you know where the vast majority of young Marines come from, right, and I would tell you that 60% of them would report emotional abuse in their home. Close to half would report alcohol abuse in their home. Close to a third would, would report domestic violence in their home. And then somebody living there that was incarcerated, somewhere between 10 and 20%. And I would tell you the same thing relative to being touched sexually in their own home somewhere between 20, 10 and 20%. We are the land of tough kids. Why do you become tough? You, co- be, you become tough because life makes you tough, not because you just wake up one morning and say, oh, man, I'm going to be a tough guy today. That's not normally the way it happens. Now, I'm sure some kids do that. but So we are the home of that. Do the leaders of the Marine Corps know that? No, they don't. Do the, do the, do the people that are parents in the Marine Corps know that? No. They just know maybe kid's kind of quiet. He had some personal issues, blah, 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 blah. So, so we take those kids who come from not so great, and, and for me to say not so great families is, is an understatement. They come from, you know, terrible families, families that really struggled, parents that really struggled. And from school systems who don't t- teach kids and who don't prepare kids for the rigor of life. If I were to if I were to look at the way schools prepare kids, I would think, you know, you're going into a culture that is very sensitive to your feelings, right? That is made uh is centered around you as a human being. That's not our culture. That's not even close to it. And so the schools don't help and then they join the Marine Corps. And then they're and what are they looking for? They're looking to be part of something great because that's their you know, that's the view of the Marine Corps. They're looking to meet these men and women that are leaders, right? And who do they meet? They meet some idiot who's a year in front of them, getting them up at three in the morning and making their life hell. And they don't have the contact with the adults that they need to have. And I heard a sergeant major call that the barracks war. And say we are losing the barracks war. And I see it. I see it all over the place. And I hear these stories all over the place. Marines come up to me and and, and they'll talk to me about, you know, about you know what they've gone through and and whatnot. And so. And so. The reason, and let me go back to the drill instructor. The reason the drill instructor, in my opinion, has to evolve, right? Our current model. Right, our current model is based on a bygone era. Okay, the industrial age. Kids came in; they were tough. They're not so tough anymore. And and so I would tell you, you know, drill instructors, in my opinion, should always be a part of Marine Corps uh, recruit training, but they have to evolve after the first phase. Right, you bring them in. We do all the craziness. Blah 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 blah. And then slowly but surely, 
that drill instructor becomes what they'll experience in the operating forces. Now, the Marine Corps, uh, what, a couple years ago when General Neller was a commandant, added two weeks additional to try to put a Band-Aid on this thing. I, you know, because it's so controversial to, to touch recruit training. Marine Corps recruit training does not, in my opinion, set the Marine Corps up for success. And all you have to do is look at the rising rate of Marines that do not finish their first enlistment. I was told recently that that's, that's climbed to an all-time high. Now, I'm, I'm trying to run that statistic down. I'm not sure. But I got told that by somebody in the know. Right? Somebody in the know. And uh, who most recently was on recruiting duty, so he was he was in that business, and and so why? And so I'll compare and contrast, you know, somebody young and struggling with my experience. So when I when that helicopter crashes, um, my company Gunny, I don't get sent away from the tribe, right, and sent to mental health. I get brought back into the tribe. Okay, he brings me further into the tribe by sitting with me and talking to me about, hey, you know, you're never going to get over this. Right. And there's nothing wrong with you. And so that conversation pulls me into the tribe, into the way we care for each other. Well, now what happens when you're struggling and you say mental health, everybody says, oh, over there. So you leave the tribe. And you go over to somebody who asks you how you feel and asks you about your feelings and you know, and all this shit. And I, I talk to senior Marines all the time. It's like, no, that process breaks people. So anyway, you can see this system. Um, and it's taken a larger place in post-traumatic winning. If you're a leader, this is what you have to do. This is why they join. They join to meet you and you don't see them anymore. I don't know what the fuck you're doing these days. Are you completing a list? Are you returning all your emails? Is that is that more important than them? Well, maybe you need to get your fucking priorities straight. Because let me tell you the, at the the end cost of this. I got told recently suicide in the Marine Corps is up over 20%. Over 20% in uh, 2020. That's the price. That's the price of that vacuum. Where they get Lord of the Flies and they were looking to meet a leader. They were looking to meet a great leader, somebody who would and have a life-changing experience. And what do they get? They got the Lord of the Flies thing. So anyway, um, so I'm kind of looking. I'm not kind of. I always look forward to doing post-traumatic winning. Uh, it is uh, it's such a cool experience for me. And um, so uh, go do that today. And uh, and I'm excited about it. The uh, but. Yeah, so what what is the role of officers in all of this, right? They create the environment in which our staff, our enlisted leaders know the left and right limit. They know what they're supposed to do. But I will tell you this, we have to, officers are afraid too. I had a Marine come up to me because I'm not afraid to cuss when I do this thing. And I do it, I mean, it's specific. I don't do it every version I do. I, th- I, I did not. I did not use very much profanity last night. I used a little bit for effect. But when I speak to Marines, I speak our language, right? And you know what Marines say? Hey, sir, nobody ever talks to us like this. Especially, you know, I walked outside last week at Camp Lejeune, Camp Lejeune, 
Um, and these Marines are standing outside smoking. Female Marine looks at me, Corporal. Damn, sir, kicking my ass with this stuff. Almost had to get up and walk out. And I said, I'm sorry. I said, it's the truth, though. And she said, I know. That's what makes it hard. And she looks at me. She says, thank you. I said, not a problem. And he, and another one, another Marine stand there. Smoking. <laughs> They're standing there smoking, talking right outside. And he says, he said, hey, sir, I, lo- I love that you talk to us. I said, what do you mean? He says, your language. You came to talk to us, and that's cool. He said, nobody talks like this. Like, you're like being straight with us. Everybody afraid. Yeah, that you're going to get thrown out of the Marine Corps for saying the F word. So, um, I mean, to me, what's gone on is we've seeded the barracks in this barracks war that goes on over conduct of young Marines. And who's going to run that? The Marine Corps institutionally has retreated. And no vacuum goes unfilled. And the, the price is more suicide. The price is more suicide. Now, I don't care what anybody would, would attempt to tell me rebutting that. I talk to staff and COs around the Marine Corps all the time. And the ones that are honest, they say it. Hey, you're straight up right. We don't say this for publication, and but we'll say it to each other. But I put a lot of work into this career. And I'm not sure that the officers that I serve for, will they support me? If, there's, if something questionable happens and I push my own the way we used to do it in the Marine Corps, and I push that, will they support me? Well, Mac, the answer is we don't know anymore. And so we don't put ourselves in those positions anymore. And you're right. As a result, right, into that vacuum, the senior Lance Corporal goes with all their stupidity. And so the young Marine that joins, who's looking to meet a, a great leader, meets a version of himself that's a year older. Making his life miserable. So anyway, um, that'll be that's a part of today. So um, good morning to you on a Thursday. Um, you know what? I I did my um, kind of cool. My ex-wife uh, called me and said, "Hey, could you go pick up a couple of headboards with Colleen and bring them one to my house, one to your house?" I said, "Sure." So I went and uh, I picked up a headboard. That was her grandmother's. And um, so this thing would have been made 100 years ago, over 100 years ago. Um, so the workmanship that goes into just the screws when you look at it is crazy, right? So it's, it's, it's tongue and groove stuff. And with a with a uh, with with a with a screw that that threads through the side piece of side wood, right? That connects the headboard to the footer, right? Both you know beautiful pieces of wood. I mean, and, and you look at it, and you're like, this thing's over a hundred years old, and it still looks beautiful. 
right? And if you take once you take care of the wood a little bit and you dust it off and you and you know you get a little bit of oil on the wood, you know, uh, and you look at it and you're like, wow, look at that thing. Over a hundred years old, right? Over a hundred years old, and I'm a huge fan of of woodwork. Um, I, I I do some when I can. Uh, I had a friend in high school, Mark Leinberger. He owns a furniture refinishing business. He started doing it when we were, I think, uh, when we were just out of high school. He might have done done a little bit in high school, but he loved working with his hands, and and he got involved in this. And then he winds up buying the the business from a guy, and uh, now it's called Remarkable Marks for Finishing or something like that. Um, so um, the first things I ever refinished were um, a gun stock and a chair, but like the stock for my M1 Garand. Um, I took it apart, took the stock with me along with the chair. And when I w- went up to see my mother, uh, you know, years ago, uh, you know, my ex-wife, you know, obviously we, we all went and took the kids and stayed with my mom for a few days. And, you know, so I'm hanging out with my friend and we're, uh, but he's got all the cool stuff to do cool stuff, right? So when you, you strip stuff, he's got this flat plant pan with a, uh, with a, you know, with a hole in the bottom. It goes into a bucket. He's got a pump there in the bucket. The pump is hooked up to a little hose. And you, and you turn on the pump, and all you do is you're, you know, you're, you're, the stripper's flowing through the hose. And you got a toothbrush, and you're just taking the, the old you know, varnish off the, uh, off, the, uh, off the wood. And it's easy. Unlike you know, a lot of the shit you buy at Home Depot and stuff like that, it's paste and you don't have the right tools. This is easy. So you just stand there talking, you know, using the toothbrush, getting all the little pieces off it, and then you know, you let it dry for a day or so. And, you know, it's just stripped down piece of wood as it was. And then uh and then and then you stain it and then he puts it in his booth, right? And using his spray guns to so the finish looks beautiful. You just you look at it when you're done and you're like, Whoa, wood is beautiful right and it's even more so because he has all the right tools to to do that but uh so i've i've always loved uh the look of wood the way it looks and so uh so got up this morning and um and did a little work on uh on the this bed frame and the um you know, and again, the, I don't know that this, the, the screws, where they screw into, I don't know if any of that's been lubricated in a hundred years. So just a little bit of that so that the, everything goes in smooth. Because, you know, I don't know that you could ever replace that screw, right? The unique machining that they did. You know, you go down and you think, oh, let me let me find a, you know, nice 16th screw this length. Well, it's, it's not machined the same way. And so, um, and then you look at the, these, these, the, I don't know, there might be six inch long screws and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're unique to the bed. So very, very cool stuff. So I love working with wood. And, uh, so did a little bit of that this morning. Also planning on going back to, uh, North Carolina, maybe here in a, in a, in a, in a, in a week or so and, and doing some more speaking. So that's exciting, but maybe being back there for as long as three weeks doing it with second Marine air ring. So. So, um, yeah, I'm, uh, but again, uh, um, last night was awesome. Um, I've been working on all Marine radio and post-traumatic winning for going on five years now. 
Um, yeah, All Marine Radio starts its sixth year in June. <laughs> Can you believe that? I think it's its sixth year, right? 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021. <laughs> um, so, and now this thing is starting to to get moving and change more and more lives. I, you know, I, I'm if if you know anybody. Here's the next thing I want to do. I want to work with first responders, and 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 let me tell you what I want to do specifically. First responders have a problem. Okay, they're employees of this of the government. Okay, and but they have a union. They tend not to trust. Right, they trust their union. They don't trust the city. So when you talk to them, and I experienced this out when I went out to Nevada to do this. And what I experienced was this. They don't they don't trust that if they tell the truth to the city shrink that they're not going to get yanked off a vehicle. So it's not a safe place. So as a result, they don't go. Okay? They don't go. So um so as a result um they get on trucks and I'm talking about firefighters here with all their shit it goes untended cuz that's a better way cuz I don't risk my livelihood if I go to mental health I risk my livelihood so anyhow what I'm looking for is a Somebody who wants to make a difference. Because here's the plan. The plan is that the mental health people work for the union. They may be partially funded by the city, but they work for the union. And who are these guys? Who are these girls? They're the most credible people, firefighters, in the organization. And they they do shift work. They're at the union office, Right? And uh, who, who wouldn't want to go down there and hang out and shoot the shit with some of the best firefighters, most respected firefighters in the organization? Who wouldn't want to, who wouldn't, uh, who wouldn't want to do that? Okay, so you'd have a couple guys down there every day, and you know the food would be great. And all they do is they do, they do post-traumatic winning. Hey, man, come down and talk to me. They bring you further into the tribe. And you do so under a veil of secrecy. Your record can never be released without your consent, just like we we did with uh, the vet centers. And so to me, that is a model for helping with mental health of firefighters. And so I'm looking for somebody that will help me create that, right? Somebody who wants to make a difference. And then, and then what we'll do is we'll stand it up and then we'll tell people, hey, clone this all over the country. Right, a safe place that pulls you deeper into the tribe, where you where you can learn these truths that nobody talks about. You should have seen when I did when I did post traumatic winning up in Las Vegas. Those guys. I mean, they're all like, we've never seen anything like this. We don't do mental health. We don't want to get yanked off our truck. In fact, right, there is a bias against mental health by our more senior guys. 
because it's not the way they ever did it. So they frown on the fact that you might go to mental health. And I said, what? And I said, they're like, yep. I said, all right, I got it. Which is, which is something real. Which is something real. And if you, if you just say, oh, that's bullshit. Yeah, I, it is bullshit, but it's real bullshit. And you've got to deal with it. You've got to answer that mail. And so when you look at them and say, hey, man, would you go talk to, you know, Joe Blow? Like, oh, man, fuck yeah, I'd, I'd love that guy, man. His reputation in this organization is phenomenal. Okay, so how do we fund this thing? Do you think you could get in a pilot program a few corporations in your community that would fund it for a year? I bet you fucking could. Right? Who would not want to hang their hat on, you know, spending a hundred thousand um, dollars? Supporting the mental health of firefighters. Right? I mean and again, but here's the here's the here's the key. The key is you gotta pull them into the culture, not send them away from the culture. They've gotta feel protected and they've gotta feel safe. And in a peer-to-peer program, and again, understand this, they don't have a serious mental illness. They have an ignorance illness. They just don't know. Like I didn't know any of this shit. And what points me in the right direction? My fucking high school educated company Gunny does. Right? One of the things I love about this shit, right? My, my, the driver of my vehicle that day, okay, who lives in Pennsylvania, just sent me an email. Let me know if I can help you. I live in Pennsylvania. Can do a volunteer basis. Thank you. Right? So here's what I'm looking for somebody who has inroads, in, and, and it could be a police department. Could be fire. It could be fire department. But here's what I'm going to tell you: there is a bias against going to seeing what management puts up because they will take my badge, they will take me off the truck, they will jeopardize my career. Okay, and when you think of the model, you know what the vet centers did was they created a safe place. Now, what's screwed up about the vet centers now is you walk in and there's not always veterans there. Okay, so it's not a tribal place so much anymore. Now, I would have to do inventory. You know, hopefully in most of those places there are. Okay. So I would have to check, do a little bit of data checking on that. But that's what you need. And that's what made Vet Center so good was that you could go there and it was safe. So I'm looking for partners to replicate that in uh, law enforcement, and in the firefighting community because their suicide rates are fucking crazy. And they only capture partial of it because after somebody leaves the force, they fall off the rolls. The union loses track of their life. They lose track of their life. So anyway, uh, good things on the horizon. I'm uh, moderately fired up about it. Uh, the Mensa Brothers going to join me today. If you're looking for an uplifting segment, I don't think this is the one. <laughs> If you if you're saying to yourself, I've had enough. I need something fun, and the first part is not very uplifting. I'm not gonna lie to you, because uh, I ask, are you optimistic? Do you is there a reason? Do you have a reason to be optimistic these days? I'm not gonna tell you the answer, but if you're looking for optimism, uh, today's not the first part of it. And then we and then we start talking about other things.
I'm not. I don't even remember what we talked about, but we had to do it today because we'll doing shit. So anyway, um, so good morning to you on uh, the 21st day of January in the year 2021. Good day because it's post-traumatic winning day. The United States Marine Corps Band makes it official. Good morning to you. <laughs> song for the United States of America as it struggles. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, we're going to go through another version of the 60s here. And we're going to have to relearn uh, why it's a good thing to compromise. We're going to have to uh, learn that uh, good solutions are bipartisan solutions. Solutions that, you know, everybody might have a little bit of an issue with, but understand that uh, the need for compromise in a democracy, we've lost, our, we've lost our way relative to that. All right. And so uh, as a culture, we're going to have to relearn those lessons. And so let's just hope that the way we learn them is not too expensive in terms of life. And, uh, and people can, uh, the people that lead us in particular, can grow up and, and be worthy of the offices that they hold. Um, I, I said yesterday, <laughs> I had a number of people send me messages. The clown show, right, of George Bush, right, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, you know, yesterday, you're looking at that and said, that's that's the best and brightest the nation has to offer, Right. They're Democrats, they're Republicans. Barack Obama, wonderful guy, weak, 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 weak president. Sold American workers out. You know, just emboldened Iran, emboldened China. You know, just, and you look at it like, good God, man. We have to do better. And so, but I, I, I'm not, and you'll hear from the Mensa brothers. You'll get their thoughts. Um, on that stuff, but um, so it's dedicated to hopefully it gets better. Keeping my fingers crossed, that's all I got right now.
betraying your whole life if you don't say what you think and you don't say it honestly and bluntly what keeps you awake at night nothing i keep other people awake at night for this campus had prepared him well <clears throat> i'm very confident that thank you very much <clears throat> if this was vodka it'd be a lot better speech <clears throat> But I'm not supposed to glamorize alcohol anymore. So, young folks, you ignore what I just said. We just have to execute. And we are executing every day. And Sergeant Major and I are very proud of what you do. Doesn't mean we can't get better. We don't, we don't want to make a mistake to learn. We don't want to lose to learn. We cannot lose if we have to go fight. We got to do what these Marines did here 75 years ago. Persevere against difficult challenging conditions and odds and win. You gotta win. There is no other way, right? There's no other fucking way. You have to win. You gotta win in the barracks. Gotta win in life. Post-traumatic winning, man. It's not called post-traumatic just be okay. That's not the way we do it. All right, time to check the, the weather. Currently in Quantico, sunny and 45. Sun shining on the first day of the Biden administration. Nice. Down the coast of Camp Lejeune. Cloudy and 55. 29 Palms, par, uh, cloudy and 55. It's weird how that happens. Pendleton, sunny and 59, my destination today. Camp Smith in Hawaii, dark cloudy, 73. Okinawa, dark cloudy, 66. Darwin's warmed up. Dark cloudy and 82. And in Oslo, raining in 36. Miserable in Norway. They've got six weather alerts. Let's check out what's going on in, Nor in Norway. I'm looking at buying dog tags for post-traumatic win. Yeah, to hand out. And um, here's, on one on one side, they'd, ha they'd have the post-traumatic winning label. On the second side, they would have uh, the fourth verse of the 23rd Psalm. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff they comfort me. Kaboom! So anyway, yeah, I was looking at that. And the reason that came into my head, because I went to click on the weather, 
I missed it by a skosh, and I clicked an ad that's on my web that's on the weather site because they know everything I fucking do. So anyway, um, weather alerts in Norway: potential disruption due to wind. Right, Thursday afternoon into the evening. Wind, 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 rain, rain, rain. So wind and rain in a big way in Norway. So if you're headed there, be advised. At the home of All Marine Radio, the Costa Mesa Newport Beach area of Southern California. It is 61 degrees under sunny skies. It's supposed to get cooler today. Yesterday was beautiful. Um... Looking for a high of 68 today with a 5% chance of rain. On Friday, that would be tomorrow, it is uh, going to be raining in 60. Uh, Saturday, raining in 56. This is a cold front coming through. Sunday, partly sunny in 60. Monday, raining in 57 degrees. What the hell happened? Man? We were in California. Where? What are we now? In Seattle? Right. So, uh, so let's look at your weather. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Let's check some news headlines. The Mensa Brothers are going to join me in about... 13, 18 minutes. So whatever you do, don't touch that dial. More of this fine program coming up next right here. On your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. We used to get together every week. She's been home from her last deployment for months now, and I haven't seen her once. He's just been different since he got back from Iraq. One minute he's ready to go, and the next he doesn't want anyone around. The nightmares are back and seem to be getting worse. Shouldn't he be sleeping better after all these years? A lot of people don't understand what veterans go through during their service or when they come back. And that's okay. But everyone can help. You can make a difference in the life of a veteran. You stood by us when we were in uniform. So stand by us now. Like my brother did when he wouldn't take no for an answer. Like my wife did when she asked the right questions. Like my friend did when she made the call. Take a stand. Pisses me off every time I hear that. When my ass, when my wife asks the right questions, right? Oh, you mean those right questions she's been asking you for twelve fucking years? For those who served our country. Sorry about that. Tree. If you're a veteran in crisis or no one who is, the Confidential Veterans Crisis Line is here for you. Call one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five and press one. Chat at veteranscrisisline.net or text eight three eight two five five. America's service members and veterans are strong, forged out of bravery, sacrifice, and duty. They are diverse, unique, from all corners of the country, and thanks to their common experience, a family for life. But whether they served in lands far away or communities close to home, some of these men and women may face difficult times or even crisis. But sometimes, reaching out for help can be the most challenging and worthwhile mission of all for veterans, service members, reserve, and National Guard. Thankfully, friends, family, and communities are standing by their service members and veterans now more than ever. We're all in this together. When you recognize something isn't right, make the call to the Veterans Crisis Line or Military Crisis Line. During times of crisis, reach out and call. Dial 1-800-273-8255 and press 1 
or chat online at veteranscrisisline.net or text 838-255. We all share a common journey. We wanted to serve our country, stand for something bigger than ourselves, and protect the things we love. Although we were ready to face any mission. Guy sounds a little bit desperate just the way he talks, right? I mean, I mean, listen to the voice. In fact, this is obviously a deliberate choice to make this guy sound desperate. Help those in need and make a difference. For some of us, coming home was more of a challenge than we expected. In the service, we had each other's backs. But as veterans, it can sometimes feel like we're all alone, even when surrounded by our loved ones. If you're a veteran or service member in crisis, or know one who is, call 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. Chat at VeteransCrisisLine.net or text 838-255. America's injured and critically ill service members face incredible challenges every day of their lives. Since 2004, the Simper Fi Fund has helped thousands of service members and their families with both immediate and long-term needs. Join the Simper Fi Fund in supporting American heroes. They've given so much. Now it's our turn. Learn how your tax-deductible donation makes a real difference in their lives at SimperFiFund.org. Hi, I'm Colleen McNamara. And you're listening to my dad on All Marine Radio on the All Warrior Radio Network. trying to figure out YouTube because I need people to see one of my videos, but I, I can't make it available to everybody yet. So I'm trying to figure YouTube out. Their private settings and how that stuff works. So, um, anyway, yeah. If somebody ever tells you you should have a website, you know what the answer to that is? No. No, I don't want to do that. You want to know why? It's a lot of work. Yeah, that's why people have like people that do this shit for them. I do not though. Maybe someday though. Maybe someday. Um, all right, let's check some news headlines here on a uh, on a Thursday before the Mensa brothers join us. Yeah. <laughs> um. Ugh. Top story in Stars and Stripes. Blackhawk helicopter crashed. It's a medical evacuation helicopter. 
crashed outside of Rochester, New York during a training exercise, killing three. So that in the news. Next story. Army plans a new Arctic Brigade. How about that? Joe Biden inaugurated. America is back. That's a quote. Indo-Pacific allies tweet their congratulations to Biden on inauguration. Top stories. Um, let's see. Anything else I, I would tell you from Stars and Stripes? Dat-tron, D-A-T space T-R-A-N, will temporarily lead the VA as the acting secretary. VA man struggles. No joke. They need a strong leader that can, you know, give people confidence in, in the organization. Um, top stories in the Wall Street Journal. Biden faces early hurdles on nominees, COVID-19 relief. So we'll see what the Wall Street Journal has to say about that. Um, now that President Biden has taken office, he faces the reality of governing in the middle of a pandemic with narrow majorities in Congress and a lengthy list of policy goals in the coming weeks. You know, and again, emphasize narrow majorities, right? They don't have a majority in the Senate, right? Only Kamala Harris gives them that, right? In the coming weeks, Mr. Biden must balance confirming his cabinet members, making progress on his legislative agenda, and grappling with the expected Senate impeachment trial of his predecessor, former President Donald Trump. How do you impeach somebody who's already out of office? I'm not, I, don't, I don't really understand that. I thought impeach was to remove them. Is this like an administrative thing that we're going to tack onto his ass as he after he walked out the door? We're going to throw it at him? Pff, FedEx him, the diploma? While Mr. Biden delivered a message of unity during his inaugural address, lawmakers said this week it was unclear how quickly his cabinet, cabinet nom nominees would be confirmed. Senate leaders were battling behind the scenes about a power-sharing agreement needed to proceed with the president's legislative priorities. Yeah, I, I, how does it work when you're 50-50, right? A friend of mine told me, yeah, Kamala Harris will be right in the Senate chamber more often than she was as a senator because everything that's going to happen needs her vote. So anyway, um, the president plans to press Congress to pass another COVID-19 relief package as well as broad immigration legislation, two me measures that face significant headwinds on Capitol Hill. I, yeah, I, my own opinion, this is just me, Mac being a political analyst, I think Biden's just playing the game. He's a centrist. He's not a progressive, right? He'll answer their, their mail and send up what they want. It'll get rejected, and then he's going to look around and say, all right, here's what we got to do to make a deal. And then... And then the progressives will fucking snap. And so we'll see if he has the strength to be what he has historically be and, you know, answer the mail with, with America's back. Or are, should the slogan be, the progressives are here, right? So what will it be? So interesting stuff as the nation confronts his election and reconciles itself with it. Uh, 
High jobless claims showing an uneven labor market recovery. About 900,000 workers filed for unemployment benefits last week as the labor market struggled to recover this winter. Right? Um, Want to be a Hollywood player? COVID and streaming have changed all the rules. So like much of the world digitally, COVID has accelerated online purchasing, right? Anything online, COVID has accelerated that. Uh, in the world of entertainment, Netflix just announced, and their shares went up, what, 9% yesterday? Uh, because they had announced that they will no longer need external funding, right? That they have the now the capacity to self-fund. So, yeah, so strong financial position because of a surging subscription rate because people are at home. Now, the question is, what happens? Uh, what happens when the um, what happens when the pandemic's over? All these people that have bought all this home fitness equipment, did they go back to the gym? If they do, like you can pick up some sweet deals on on used twice home fitness equipment. Uh, the most popular stories on the Wall Street Journal today: President Biden signs executive order on face mask mandate, the Keystone Pipeline, and the Paris Accord. Number two, Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner lease a Miami condo following a $32 million deal on Indian Creek. Number three, what to expect on Trump's final day in office. Number four, COVID-19 vaccine, what you need to know when you get a shot. Number five, Jack Ma, Alibaba co-founder, resurfaces after months of lying low. Jack Ma has been missing in China as President Xi did a little message sending to him. Yeah, unless you want to go to prison, you better get your shit correct. Um, top story in USNI News. Marine Corps to stand up its first Marine Littoral Combat Regiment in fiscal year 2022. This is the future of the Marine Corps. Okay, the Littoral Combat Regiment. The Marine Corps plans to officially form the new unit designated to execute its island-hopping strategy in the Indo-Pacific next fiscal year. Marine Corps Commandant General David Berger has laid out his vision for focusing on small maneuvering units instead of large forcible entry force to fight a peer competitor like China in the, in the Indo-Pacific in 2030. Part of the strategy proposes a new construct called the Marine Littoral Regiment a concept the Marine Corps is beginning to experiment using the 3rd Marine Regiment to determine what the Marine Littoral Regiment might look like. Um, 3rd Marine Regiment located in Hawaii, for those of you who don't know. Over the next few years, the specifics of the MLR will begin to take shape. Experiments, war games, modeling, and simulation will play a key role in the phased approach to the MLR development. First, the formation will be built, mainly from units that already exist in Hawaii. Then capabilities will flow in. The largest muscle movements between now and the stand-up of the MLR will be structure and manpower adjustments. While this is taking place, further refinement of associated capabilities and concept developments will occur in order to ensure the MLR is capable of contributing to the, to the continued force design phase three efforts. The most important aspect of force design phase three is understanding feedback from the fleet. This holds extremely true for the MLR construct. We want to ensure we get this right. 
Yeah, well, let's, let's hope we do. Let's hope we do, boys and girls. Because um, you mortgaged the entire organization on it. Uh, maybe working on better maintainability, self-sufficiency for littoral combat ships and the rest of the surface. God bless the Navy. Secnav Harker's first message to the fleet. Secnav Harker? Who is that? The new acting Secnav? I assume. The following is a text from the January 20, 2021 message from Acting Secretary of the Navy, Thomas Harker. I'm honored to return to the Department of the Navy team as your Acting Secretary. Who is this guy? For my years on active duty in the Coast Guard and as a career civil servant. Oh. So he's not even from the Navy? Okay. I got it. <laughs> not sure. Woo. Didn't see, didn't see that one coming. I thought he would at least, like, right? Thought he would at least, like, have served in the Navy. But, hey, it's not a requirement. Um, although most have. Uh, flat tires and slow escape times plague Marines ACV. The reviews are in for the Marine Corps' newest amphibious vehicle, and they are not good. What? We worked on this shit forever, and they're not good? U.S. Naval Academy taps Marine Corps artillery officer as the next commandant of midshipmen. Congratulations to Colonel J.P. McDonough. Nice. We like that. The National Guard had a quiet day in D.C. standing post. Just for the record, there was no insider attack. Right? 25,000 guardmen like we're some fucking banana republic. Fucking joke. Biden inaugurated commander-in-chief amid heavy military presence in the Capitol. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Listen to this story. Right? In the land of the piece of shit, right, this one is pretty special. TRICARE fraud mastermind sentenced to 18 years in prison. A Mississippi man described as the mastermind of the largest healthcare fraud scheme in the state's history, has been sentenced to 18 years in prison and ordered to pay nearly $350 million in connection to his role as in a scheme to defraud TRICARE, Justice Department officials said. Wade Ashley Walters, 54, of Hattiesburg, Mississippi, who earlier pled guilty to one count of conspiracy to commit healthcare fraud, and one count of conspiracy to commit money laundering was sentenced January 15th in federal court in Mississippi. Who is this dude? Let me put his name in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Images. Oh, here he is. He's a Mississippi pharmacy owner. Curly-head white doofus. Ordered to repay $350 million dollars. He was ordered to pay nearly $288 million in restitution and had to pay an additional $57 million to forfeit his personal profit from the scheme, officials said. The sentencing is another mile marker. So, so what, here's the question. What is the guy left with? Anything? I hope not. 
Between 2012 and 2016, Walters ran a scheme to defraud TRICARE and other health care benefit programs by distributing compounded medications that weren't medically necessary, officials said. According to justice officials, Walter and his co-conspirators, quote, adjusted prescription formulas to ensure the highest reimbursement without regard to effectiveness and solicited recruiters to get prescriptions for high-margin compounded medication, paid those recruiters commissions based on the percentage of reimbursement paid, including claims reimbursed by TRICARE, and set up a system to make it appear that the pharmacies were collecting copayments while waiving or reducing copayments paid by beneficiaries. Solicited medical practitioners, doctors, and psychiatrists to authorize prescriptions for high-profit compounded medications. Hold on, I think the word kickback's coming. Oh, and sometimes paid kickbacks to those practitioners. The investigation into the specifics of the scheme began in the FBI's Jackson, Mississippi field office. The Justice Department Criminal Division Fraud Section leads the healthcare fraud strike force. That has resulted in charging more than 4,200 defendants who have collectively billed Medicare about $19 billion, according to Justice Department officials. How about that? Yeah. Like I said, in the land of the piece of shit, right? Then there's the gifted pieces of shit. Unbelievable. Yeah. Isn't there a special place in hell for that guy? Uh, Flat tires, slow escape times. The amphibious combat vehicle outperformed the Vietnam Nam era amphibious assault vehicle it, it is slated to replace across all mission profiles a significantly higher failure rate than required and limited interior space that would slow down emergency escapes left a lot to be desired the reviews were published in a report from the defense department's operational testing and evaluation office the report is based on initial operational test and evaluation of the Marine Corps conducted between June 20th and September 20th, which saw a platoon of amphibious combat vehicles run through 13 missions while attached to a Marine infantry company and alongside a joint lightweight tactical vehicle and the light armored vehicle, the report said. Overall, the mean time between operational mission failure was only 39 hours for the ACV, falling far short of the 69-hour reliability requirement. Not good. In addition to the remote weapon system failure, the ACB also had problems with tire failures while operating in the desert. A flat tire could delay the mission by two hours while the Marines waited for the logistics vehicles to come with a wrecker. The lightweight, the the weight, height, and size of the ACV made recovery of a disabled ACV challenging and time-consuming. Why are we finding that out now? So, um, yeah, the ACV. Now, I'm, I'll, I will tell you this, in its defense, every weapon system we, we ever field, you know, has growing problems. These are a little bit surprising. The tires? Really? Record compatibility? Really? 
Uh, top five stories in early bird. And then uh, the Mensa brothers will join me here. Uh, number one, acting defense secretary says no intelligence indicating insider threat to the inauguration. Well, thank God. Well, thank God. All right. Thank God. We were all worried, right? Because of the, the worst insurrection ever. You know, normally when you're running an insurrection, you don't leave when, like, people that, that aren't, don't have guns and aren't shooting a lot show up. Okay? Normally an insurrection is, like, serious shit. It's not just a bunch of fucking idiots running around stealing laptops. That's not, if that's an insurrection, that's a sorry ass fucking insurrection, if you ask me. Number two. Lloyd Austin pledges to protect civilian leadership at the Pentagon. From what? Thank God, Lloyd. Thank God. Number three, Trump signs executive order for the study of troops at the Black Goo Base. Um, blah, 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 blah. I, why does this look like it's not been updated to me? Because it hasn't been updated? Hmm. All right. Let me see. Anything overseas that you should know about? Politics, Pentagon, overseas. Nothing. Okay, we'll take a break. When we come back, the Mensa brothers will join me. You know what? We're not going to take a break. Why wouldn't the Mensa brothers join me right now? They're recorded for the love of God. You don't need to listen to a break. Yeah, because that's the kind of mood I'm in right now. So, no break. Mensa Brothers happen right now. And I'm just going to warn you, if you're feeling fragile and you're looking for like, hold on, I have to, I, I have to get into character here. I have to get into my Mickey Mouse character. If you're looking for a little bit of sunshine in your day, then right now you should turn off the fucking radio. That's right, Minnie, I said the F word. Sorry about that. But fuck, these guys are fucking brutal the first 30 minutes. I almost urinated on myself. Yeah, I should have said pissed, but I didn't. Yeah, many I've been running around looking like a little doofus mouse all these decades, but I decided to become a man now. Yeah, I wanted to piss my pants. So, so anyway... With that said, if you're looking for a little sunshine, see you in 30 minutes. The Mensa Brothers, right here, right now.